Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Jess. And this is Turn On Your Monitor, a return episode after a kind of unintentional break. I don't know. This past There's been a lot going on this past month, even though we don't really technically have much to do. Uh, <laughs> We both yeah. we both got our we both got our booster shots and it was the holidays and yeah we went from hey it's cool that COVID's under control to oh no COVID's back and it's more powerful than ever it's kind it's of. back in a big way it feels very much like we're in spring 2020 again where it's like there's no there's no way like nothing works nothing works it does feel like that uh, especially because I I made sourdough bread today yeah everybody's getting back into bread basketball people have been talking about how. Um, one of the guys from Utah Jazz is in COVID protocols. He got COVID at the beginning of the um, pandemic. So everyone's like, oh, God, it's starting again. So the, the guy who got COVID the first time around. Yeah, COVID he's again. yeah. Everybody who rushed to schedule things now that everything was opening up a little bit is now canceling them all again. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. A lot's been happening this past month and it's kind of been a little unintentional break for us. But we're back. Much much like COVID, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> Today, I guess, by necessity, we are going to talk about the metaverse, which is... What is the metaverse? It's basically just like a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> so we're, <laughs> we're about to get into that. The original idea of the metaverse was proposed in... I guess the original idea was proposed in the sci-fi novel Snow Crash. That was like yes. the original idea in the early 90s. Yeah. And since then, the idea has kind of been around... And in the past couple of years, tech guys have latched onto it as a new thing. It's become the the hot buzzword. I guess there's a little bit of speculation as to what the metaverse could be because it's still in that kind of development phase. But it's sort of supposed to be the new wave of the internet. It takes a lot of disconnected things and connects them all together and kind of adds a, a layer of VR on top, either virtual reality or augmented reality. And it's supposed to be the sort of, I guess, honestly, it seems pretty dystopian, but I think it's supposed to be sort of a utopian tech world. Yeah, it is. I don't think it's supposed to be dystopian. It is supposed to be like cool. As we get into whenever Zuckerberg's like, hey, here's a really cool idea. It always sounds extremely dystopian. <laughs> I think I, I, you know, I was reading, uh, reading a very long interview with him from July and I do genuinely think he thinks it's cool. He is a guy that I, I think he probably grew up with a lot of, I don't know, like he says in the interview that he likens it to teleportation. Like it's the closest thing you can do to teleporting. Honestly, the more stuff that comes out about Zuckerberg, the more you realize that he really just doesn't have an idea of what people think is fun or interesting. Because as, as you pointed out to me earlier before we were recording, one of the things he's most excited about the metaverse for is you can have meetings there. You can meet with people <laughs> yeah. in business meetings. It's like the coolest thing to him is is that you can have a meeting. <laughs> it's like literally nobody on earth besides you thinks that meetings are fun or cool or wants to have more of them. <laughs> so the the metaverse is still not a thing currently, really. No, not in a meaningful way. It's a collection of ideas and people are kind of laying the groundwork to put stuff in place to develop what could be the metaverse, which is where pretty much everything will be connected. And we're kind of like filtering back and forth from reality to virtual reality seamlessly. And kind of there's a sense that like, rather than having all these discrete little things like, Oh, I'm on Facebook. Now, now I'm going to this site. Now I'm going to this site. Now I'm playing this video game. Now I'm going to the store rather than those all being kind of discrete instances. They all kind of are occurring not at the same time, but kind of seamlessly like, hey, I'm in this video game and I can kind of seamlessly go to a different video game. And then while I'm also in virtual reality, I could like socialize with people. There's a lot of stuff that kind of points to this already. Like they did the the Fortnite concerts, which I guess you can kind of see as like, hey, they're putting two different things together. It's a concert, but it's also in Fortnite or various platforms trying to incorporate like nfts and crypto stuff where they normally wouldn't go there's there's a lot of stuff with the this just kind of laying the groundwork for how this could all end up connected and so i guess just kind of briefly some things that seem to be part of it are increasing integration of vr headsets integration of nfts into pretty much everything because it seems like the idea of nfts are important to the metaverse yeah big like a big part of the metaverse is that it's supposed to have an economy of its own. If you're going by like the Neil Stevenson definition of a metaverse, 
Yeah, so it's got to have its own economy, which they're they're very heavily pushing NFTs as a way to like trade and buy stuff and and accrue property and all. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff. As far as how that's all actually going right now, it basically is like a lot of poorly developed ideas that are kind of mashed together with NFT integration, sort of. It's very messy right now. And I, I guess before we get into more of that, we should say that Facebook, Zuckerberg in particular, seems to be a true believer in the idea that this metaverse idea is the future. Enough so that, and this is partially also probably to try to try to avoid the toxic stigma that Facebook has gained itself. Facebook is in its flop era and uh, they got to pivot. <laughs> yeah. Not just because like, I mean, for, for a million reasons, I mean the Facebook brand at this point, nobody cares about Facebook besides kind of old and out of touch people. Yeah. And it really has a stigma of being a boomer thing at this point. So yeah, so Facebook is pretty corny. Nobody likes it. Zoomers are not on Facebook. Gen Z is not starting Facebook. So they have absolutely no desire to be on that platform. And I guess also with all the talk of anti-vax information and you know Trump propaganda and QAnon and stuff, Facebook has kind of been the focus of a lot of research and you know congressional hearings and stuff about like how disinformation is spread and allowed to propagate. And the truth is that a lot of it is spread through Facebook and, you know, Zuckerberg's come under fire for pretty much allowing that stuff to develop there and spread there. So the Facebook brand is a little bit toxic. The Facebook platform is kind of a dinosaur. The idea is kind of in the past. And so Zuckerberg has his eyes set on this metaverse idea enough so that he changed the name of the company to Meta. So we're, we're in the era of Meta and he kind of sees the Facebook company as sort of the foundation that's going to be running the metaverse. I guess it's important to say also that there's definitely a disagreement on how this will all be implemented. Obviously, Zuckerberg wants to like centralize power behind himself and be the kind of king of the metaverse. But a lot of the more like Bitcoin libertarian types are opposed. Like they definitely want it to be like a decentralized thing where you know, nobody's really in control. I think Facebook is going to try to buy their way into being the most powerful. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely their plan is to basically own the entire metaverse. Do we want to talk right now about the current implementations of the metaverse and then kind of circle around to like big picture at the end? Should we start with the concert? So in an attempt to get everybody on board with the metaverse idea, Facebook had some concerts, virtual concerts, that took place from December 26th to December 31st, including Young Thug, David Guetta, and Chainsmokers. So, great lineup. As a podcast, we're big fans of David Guetta and the Chainsmokers. <laughs> uh, uh, we, it is like a concert out of 2016. Like, I can't believe that's the lineup. We love shitty DJ acts here. <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently these were kind of a flop. I mean, to be honest, I did not hear about them at all. I didn't hear about it either. I have a Facebook account. So hypothetically, if something big was happening on there, there should be a way that that information gets to me. But yeah. I was totally not even aware until we started you know, poking around for the stuff that this even happened. They threw a free Chainsmokers concert and no one cared. I assume the Chainsmokers are popular the way that Nickelback is, where like... If they do a thing, a lot of people pay attention, but also nobody actually cares about them, like in mm-hmm. any way, actually. Like they kind of seem like the EDM nickelback to me. Like I don't think there are any like hardcore chain smokers. Right? <laughs> EDM nickelback, yeah. Did you see any did you see any footage of any of these? No, I've never seen any footage of them. And and as I said before we started recording, I I'm barely aware of what the chain smokers are, and I actually thought they were like Lady Antebellum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or like Mumford and Sons or something like that. David Ghetto live in Dubai. He's definitely a guy that would play in Dubai. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't find any footage of these. Like, I don't know well, how. His, I- uh, his performance was at the Louvre Abu Dhabi. I didn't know there was like a Louvre Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I'm trying to like, I don't know how you would actually watch these things. Like, this seems like a big issue for Facebook is that I have absolutely no idea there've been a couple of events over the years where I was like, I was like, Oh, I would like to watch that. And it's always been like really, really hard to even figure out. There's a few times that I have had to go to Facebook recently. It's just like, I don't know how to navigate it anymore. 
The interface is terrible. Yeah, the inter- the interface is truly one of the worst ones. Was it like a one-time thing that's not... Because it's not showing up for me, so I don't know. I think maybe it was a one-time thing, like a live live stream. and I mean, it should be up somewhere, but I have no idea. The fact that it's impossible to even access this stuff right now is... A pretty big slight against Facebook because, like, if anything, the benefit of like live streaming video is that it could be archived, you know. Well, it's interesting because, like, this whole you know, it's like, oh, the metaverse concert, but the David Guetta set was apparently just a regular live stream video, yeah. So he he live streamed video, and then Young Thug and Chainsmokers had, I guess, if you were wearing an Oculus, you could get a 180 degree view, which is can you imagine putting on an an Oculus headset to watch Chainsmokers? (laughs) It's like I'm right there. Um, it's like I'm right there. Remember when they did early in the pandemic, they did that illegal whatever that thing was where they played and they had the CEO of Goldman Sachs <laughs> DJ for them. Like their their opener yes. was their opener was literally the CEO of Goldman Sachs who DJs in his spare time. And that was a super spreader event. So I, I want an Oculus that puts me there. Like I want the full experience of like I can turn and I see like a virtual person on my left who's coughing on me. <laughs> That's that's the experience. like I want I want the virtual reality experience of catching COVID at a chain smoker show. Yeah. Also, this thing says Young Thug got like a hundred thousand viewers. while get a got almost a million. I would have assumed Young Thug was a lot more popular, but I don't know. Yeah, I would have assumed that too. But I also think probably a lot of Young Thugs fans don't have Oculuses. True. They're also probably not on Facebook because like, there's a lot yeah, of yeah. They're right? young. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so I guess the people who are watching a David Guetta DJ set are probably like, they're probably the Facebook demographic and Young Thug's audience is not. Yeah. But yeah, so these, I I guess, seem to be a flop. Also, this article suggests that Facebook has some pretty sketchy ways of tabulating its numbers. So these view counts are probably not really. Right, they're probably inflated. It's probably much worse than what they even said. Yeah, because it it is saying that the Travis Scott Fortnite thing was like tens of millions of people. That was like an event. I do not listen to Travis Scott. I've never played Fortnite before. And like I heard about that. It was a big deal. This stuff, not so much. The era of metaverse concerts is here. However, I would like to say that uh, we should reject this modernity and we should embrace the tradition of watching VHS camcorder footage of bands from the 90s, which is <laughs> that's the original metaverse that I've been participating in for a long time. I'm sure all the stuff is available online now, but like <laughs> in the past, I, I've I have like mailed money to people for like Nutramilk Hotel bootlegs. <laughs> I um, God, I know we have kind of canceled the boss for being insanely corny friends with obama but i've spent a lot of time watching like grainy footage of him playing in new jersey in the 70s <laughs> I, I mean the problem the problem with this stuff is like i think that you know david getta and chain smokers particularly they're not really the kind of acts that you ha- that have a hardcore following that love them they're kind of just like they're a, they're a big group that's you know quote-unquote popular and have some hits yeah they have like a billion fans, but like none of their fans are like diehard fans. Is how I, that's kind of how I picture them. Yeah. So there's this guy Sam Sutherland on YouTube who has like a, a video series that's about weird stuff from the internet. Uh, in October, there was a, I guess I guess the series is called Extremely Online, which is about you know just stuff from the internet. But um, it was kind of about sort of a, an alternative queer metal scene. Mm-hmm. Of most genres, I think that metal is kind of one of the can be one of the least welcoming. Metal to, is simultaneously the most gay and most homophobic <laughs> genre. Yeah, <laughs> metal definitely fits into that sort of categorization. <laughs> but yeah, so so there's some some kind of queer metal bands that have sort of built their own social circle and, and scene apart from the mainstream metal music which can be pretty unwelcoming to outsiders uh, at its worst uh <laughs> welcoming to people who are not white and not uh, it can get kind of rough but he interviewed this band this duo called vile creature who are if i remember correctly from hamilton oh really from yeah ontario for some reason like a ton of like a ton of musicians are just like every time i check where a musician's from they're always from hamilton uh it makes sense because uh uh, a lot of musicians fled Toronto for Hamilton because they couldn't so afford to live in Toronto yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's, it, I guess it would be like our Oakland or something. Like, 
<laughs> Oakland's yeah, kind of <laughs> Oakland kind of isn't like that anymore because yeah, I know, I know. But Hamilton isn't like that anymore yeah, yeah. either. It's now also too expensive. But yeah, um, we got to yeah. find the where, where the pe- where you flee to from Hamilton. Part of this video kind of covers some some BS, but um, because this band ran into some legal trouble for this for this idea because they because of the name they chose. However, they came up with this cool idea where they were like, "Hey, the pandemic hit. We can't play shows. This sucks. So what do we do?" So they came up with this idea where they're like. Let's put on a show. The video kind of revolves around. They called it the Choose Your Own Adventure, but it turns out that the Choose Your Own Adventure book series is very litigious, and they got into trouble for this. Oh my god, really? Yeah, if you call your thing Choose Your Own Adventure, you'll get sued. Basically, is how this works. But what they did was they set up like a warehouse space or something, and they set up a stage or like it was an empty venue or something, and they played a set. But they set up like ten different cameras. And so as you're watching it, you, you can switch around between cameras, which includes like you're looking forward or like, you know, you can be on either side of the stage. But like you can also go while the band's playing, like click over and there's like somebody sitting bored at the merch table or like you can click outside and there's like a group of people kind of huddled around smoking, talking and the, the band's kind of muffled in the background. Like you can, you can like <laughs> kind of you can kind of move around. You can go in the bathroom and like like you, you can kind of move around anywhere you could, which is like it's largely a novelty, but it seems like a pretty fun way to be like, OK, let's, you know, just for fun, emulate this experience, which seems to be without intending to be kind of a better implementation of the metaverse idea than any of the metaverse stuff I've seen. And this is yeah. like. This is just like two people in a little metal band in Canada. I don't know, I just kind of want to give that a shout out because I thought that was a good idea. And it kind of sucks that uh, the Choose Your Own Adventure books gave them some issues. But yeah, I mean, I think that like that idea is that's a much better idea than that Oculus headset thing, which sounds terrible. You know, I was reading that that interview with Mark Zuckerberg and he he was very upfront about the fact that there's big like the technology isn't really there yet. No, it's kind of funny that they're pushing it so hard now. But yeah, he he was very upfront about the fact that like the Oculus is kind of heavy. It's not a thing you really want to wear outside of your house and that they have to like get the technology to a point where it is something more people would actually want to adopt. And he was kind of talking about specifically with like AR stuff that they need to be able to make glasses that look normal, look like normal glasses that you would wear. And that, that is a huge challenge because you have to basically put a supercomputer into a pair of glasses. Google Glass failed basically entirely because the glasses look really dumb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Because like right now, they're like, okay, well, we can have an immersive experience if you're wearing an Oculus. But the thing with the Oculus is, one, it's expensive. Yes. To get into that, it's expensive. Like You have to be dedicated. The only people I ever hear about getting those are like dedicated gamer people who, who want that. I actually don't think I know anybody who owns one. I think I, I do, but I, I know some people who are like tech people. You yeah. got a lot of tech friends, yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know like any normal people to have them. They seem pretty expensive. And also like the other thing with those is that every other review of them is like, uh, I get a horrible headache every time I try to use this. Yeah. They're like, this is cool for five minutes and then I want to throw up. I think that it's not like, I think VR stuff could be cool. And I, I do, I get the point for gaming especially, but yeah, I, I think the technology is not quite there yet. And I think it's, it's very hard. Like one of the issues with kind of showing off what this can be is that you can't really know what it's like unless you actually try it right i I watched some of the videos of about like horizon worlds and you know like the the stuff that meta is trying to promote and like it just looks dumb if you're if you're watching it on a computer 2d like you obviously are not immersed in it and it just looks like okay the graphics are worse for VR stuff, if you're if you're not if you don't have a headset and you're not really seeing it in the immersive way it's supposed to be, it doesn't look very impressive. You know, when you watch videos of this stuff, as I was watching some videos of Horizon Worlds, which is the meta social media platform thing, it doesn't look very impressive. Maybe I'm not giving it enough credit. If if you're wearing an Oculus headset and it, you know, you're you're immersed in it, maybe it feels different. But you know, I think it, that's one of the obstacles with the stuff that you you kind of have to really try it to see if you like it. Yeah, and I think that I think another big problem is like we were talking about, you know, the need to develop better AR technology. If the metaverse is really going to be as integrated into real life as they think it is, like really taking place, we are going to need 
the ability to use AR and to essentially have stuff overlaid over real life. Because, you know, as it stands, if they improve the VR technology and like they get rid of the issues that people have with like motion sickness or whatever, the fact of the matter is you're still essentially blindfolding yourself to the world and you need a decent amount of space, you know, bang into stuff. You can't operate a motor vehicle with an Oculus headset on. You can't, you know, you can't do a lot of things with that. You have to kind of be fully Don't tell me what I can't do. (laughs) I don't need a license to make toast in my own damn toaster. Yeah. But one of the things that I think has been quite popular with the Oculus is uh, the fitness programs. And that is something I don't think I could do in my apartment. I forget what the recommended space is, but you need a pretty decently large open space with that stuff. Like I don't have space here. I probably could have gotten away with it in my old apartment just because I didn't own any furniture. <laughs> but I like, have a lot of Ikea bookshelves that I didn't attach to the wall like they tell you to. <laughs> so I can't I can't jump around in my apartment. Yeah. Well, your, your places like the hallways are narrow. You know, if you have a table in the middle of the living room, there's, there's not really there isn't any space to actually do that. Yeah. And one to. of my uh, one of my dressers was actually recalled for crushing toddlers. So <laughs> <laughs> classic dresser move. <laughs> So that's a big problem is the VR tech, the availability of it, and the ability for people to use it. Because as some people suggest, if the metaverse is a cynical ploy to bail out the fact that the world is ending and to kind of get everybody in their little matrix pods, part of that dystopian future is that a lot of people are not going to have the space available to do that kind of stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. especially... With like, you know, a million people crammed into like a small living space and stuff like that. Like a lot of people just don't have the capability of doing that stuff right now. Yeah. So that's that's one obstacle. AR tech has to get a lot better because like the Google Glass thing was a that was a bomb. Yeah. And I don't think there's been any have there been any high profile attempts at that since? I haven't Not heard about it. That any. I'm aware of. But like, yeah, if we're if we're gonna get to the point where like metaverse stuff is overlaid over our reality, like we're gonna have to hit the point where that is doable. And wearable and people don't look at your product and think it looks stupid. Like we're going to have to hit that point. I don't know. To be honest, I don't really ever see that happening. I don't know. I'm not sure if it will take off in the way that Mark Zuckerberg foresees, but I do see it being, I don't know about AR, but I do see VR for gaming and stuff like that being a thing and continuing and getting better. The other big thing that, that, you know, he's touting this for is um, for work. Boo. Boo. Uh, that was a you know the funny the funny part of his interview is him saying he was excited about meetings in the metaverse which they are doing i mean he yeah. they are doing it facebook or meta or whatever the the video that they put out that introduced everybody to their metaverse idea was like you can have a meeting where everyone's got their own avatars and stuff Part of the metaverse thing is like, I guess that the people who have the expensive board ape yacht clubs are going to be able to walk around like monkeys and they're going to be like, Oh God, gonna, it's going to be like a status symbol to be like able to be the monkey. I guess yeah. I've heard people say like, if you could kind of go VR for a meeting, like I think that there's probably an easier way to arrange this, but like being able to be like in a meeting where if the person to your left talks versus the person to your right talks, you get different audio input so that you can actually like, it sounds like there's space. Because right. I don't think you've done, you only, you've only done like a couple Zoom things, right? Uh, yeah. I was both teaching and taking classes over Zoom mm-hmm. uh, when the pandemic hit. So I've spent a lot of time on Zoom. It is kind of disorienting. You do kind of lose, like you do lose any, any of the spatial feedback you get because everybody's sound is coming from the same source. And, you know, there's, there's no sense of space. So I, I get like how you, if you arrange, if you're able to arrange people spatially around a table and have the audio direct based on where it's from. But I also think that if somebody wanted to, that's a very easy thing to accomplish. I think I get the appeal of this for, especially for people in tech, because before the pandemic, even a lot of tech workers worked remote anyway. And the example that, that Zuckerberg used was, um, you know, you have a problem you can pull up your five monitors or whatever and and your coworker can basically beam in and look at the exact same things you're looking at and like help you out. That makes sense to me. That seems like something that could be useful. I think that the idea of like this quote unquote metaverse for work, there's a lot of useful ideas, which I think Well, so you are, can screen share right now anyway. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that 
useful. Most, <laughs> most of it is just like a slightly improved version of what we currently have. Yeah. So like that thing I was saying with the Zoom room, I'm not a programmer. I can't make this tech happen. However, it would be very, very easy to be able to say like, okay, you have 10 people in a meeting, arrange where they are around the table. And then based relative to where you are positioned, you could... Like, hey, when this person speaks, pan at 20% to the right. When this person speaks, pan at 70% to the right. You could very easily spatially arrange it so that the audio was coming from places that suggest that. We've, we've had binaural audio for, uh, we've had like stereo technology for a really long, like it's very easy to do that. Um, what? I'm like, still using mono. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but nobody does it because it's like not a thing that's been implemented. But like, if you had that idea of like, this is a good way to organize this so it's less fatiguing, that would be very, very, very easy to do. Somebody just needs to do it. And like, like you're saying with the screen sharing stuff, like we have screen share technology is currently not great because I think that there hasn't really been a lot of pressure to get it better. Mm-hmm. A lot of the video conferencing software and screen sharing and all that stuff was pretty crappy when the pandemic started. In your normal life, the ability to share screens was not a thing that came up very often. Pandemic hits and then it becomes a major issue. Nobody had heard of Zoom before the pandemic started. And then all of a sudden, oh, all of your video conferencing software, all of the things that allow you to collaborate digitally, these things go from like, oh, I guess if we have to, we can use this technology, but like, when are we going to use it to this is super important and we need it all the time. I think that a reason, the reason that a lot of this stuff is bad is just because we haven't really had to use it very much. Mm-hmm. I think that currently looking at it and saying like, oh, this stuff is bad. Oh, the metaverse can fix this. I think it's really just bad because there hasn't really been an incentive to make it better until now. So I think that most of these problems that are identified could be solved without the quote unquote metaverse. I don't think that more efficient screen sharing, like I don't think you need to find a way to make all video games related in the same universe. I don't think you need to make that happen to make the meetings happen. (laughs) But the the metaverse is basically the game master Anthony post about every character (laughs) coming in for a hug. (laughs) What I think is really interesting about this is as... Zuckerberg is pushing the metaverse, you're seeing a lot of other powers that be push for people going back to the office. Like every other Bloomberg article is like, young people are missing out on working at the office. Don't you want to go back to the office? And like Zuckerberg is like, hey, you don't need to ever work in an office. Every mainstream political position, like the the Republicans, anti-vaxxers, and what's your... Is your party up there just called the Conservative Party? Like it whatever? is, yeah. yeah. Prog- technically Progressive Conservative Party, but... You know, well, whatever. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, they've been, they've been pushing for, like, just keep going as normal since the pandemic began. But our, uh, our Democrat Party also has moved over to, like, once they were like, we beat the virus, yeah. Biden won, and the CDC says no more masks, so we're done. Like, ever since they made that call... Yeah, we can't go back on that. So we have to just go back to normal. So nobody is actually calling for anything differently. Both sides are essentially pushing the same stuff. I don't even know what's going to happen. Like I can't I can't project it's kind of even depressing because it felt at the beginning of the pandemic, like maybe there was a hope for re envisioning some, I don't know, the way we do things and the way we work. And now it's like this extremely strong call to go back to the way things always were. That sucked. Things can't go back, but also they have to, which does nothing but translates to like, oh, your life is going to do nothing but get worse. Like is, this has mm-hmm. been like the biggest black pill for me. Everything is just going to keep getting worse and there's nothing that anyone will do about it. Yeah, I really do not want to sound like a Mark Zuckerberg apologist here. But yeah, I'm like, at least he has some kind of vision for the future. <laughs> It's as terrible as it is. Yeah. Honestly, Zuckerberg is a very complicated character, but I kind of think he probably didn't want all this. Like he probably didn't want to be Zuckerberg. He kind of just was like, he probably would have been happy just being kind of a lower rung tech guy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, his his original website was like, what if we made a website where we, we where we said if girls were hot or not? Like that was the level he was operating on. And now he's got to be in charge of the metaverse or whatever he's trying to do. Like, I don't know. It feels like it feels like things kind of got away from him. Like he just wanted to be a weird guy who wore a, a T-shirt every day and made weird websites. And he kind of is now people are looking to him for like visions of what the future will be. Yeah. And I, I mean, my friends who who work at home, I think a lot of them are kind of sick of it in a lot of ways it it sucks in its own ways but i also think a lot of people hate commuting so here's the thing working from home is bad 
but going to work and working there is also bad. Yeah. Like, I, I think if anything, the pandemic is just bad. The, the pandemic really pulled down the facade that anybody actually likes anything they do or feels like any of it is productive. It really pulled the veil back on how useless pretty much everything is. However, I will say that I think that Zuckerberg's vision for the metaverse also brings in this idea where like, because he's saying like the metaverse, like thinking about it in terms of work, because like you have to, you have to have work in the metaverse. He yeah. says, this isn't just a product we're building. It needs to be an ecosystem. So creators who we work with, developers, they all need to be able to not only sustain themselves, but hire a lot of folks. And this is something that I hope eventually millions of people will be working in and creating content for, whether it's experience or spaces or virtual goods or virtual clothing or doing work to help curate and introduce people to spaces and keep it safe. I think it's going to be a huge economy. And frankly, I think that needs to be exist. So we have to like create an entire other economy just so people can make up new jobs to work to keep an economy going. Yes. We have to develop new ways to do work so that you can find a way to like monetize the metaverse into, I guess, a new economy because they're like a Russian nesting doll of economies. It really is. Cause like we have to develop a new economy on top of the other one. Cause this one's just so busted, except that instead of buying clothing, you're going to be buying digital clothing as NFTs. Oh Yeah. Well, he said there was a lot of, like, he's saying there's a lot of opportunity for, like, artists and stuff to, um, you know, design all these environments. And I don't know, I just found it sort of depressing because I'm, I am an artist, but I'm such an analog artist. Uh, I mean, when Zuckerberg says artist, he means Finch, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like, I'm not, maybe I'm jealous of, of that. Like, I... I don't know. There's a lot of people. I see a lot of people on Twitter who are like digital artists with huge accounts and jobs that pay them real money. Uh, so sometimes I get a little jealous of that. But I'm I'm not a good dig- digital artist. I think a lot of the successful ones aren't either. But yeah. um, I don't know. I'm I'm very cynical about this stuff. But I think that a lot of I think that the way you make money in that sphere is to be kind of more of a designer than an artist. Mm-hmm. And to you have to pair up with brands and you have to do that kind of stuff which like i think that i think the people that are going to be metaverse artists are going to be like hey we partnered with red bull to bring you an experience in the metaverse like it's not going to be like somebody like making actual art that's well, like i think fruit. he was talking more about design of stuff like the virtual chair you sit in at your meeting <sighs> digital industrial design <laughs> is a yeah but hey it's a living so like i get the idea of creating another economy stuff but like I don't understand how you get over the problem of like, no one has any money anymore. So like the idea of introducing fake stuff that you also have to buy, like, cause like if I like, I have to buy clothes in real life, but then I also have to log on and buy clothes in the metaverse so that I have cool clothes in the metaverse. Yeah. Like I know that there are like, I think like Louis Vuitton and some other people are already trying to sell like designer NFT stuff where it's like, Oh, my avatar is wearing expensive shoes. I don't know. The thing that I can't wrap my head around is like the stuff you buy in real life usually has some utility to it besides just being a status symbol. If I drive a 20 year old Corolla and you've got a Lamborghini, it's like, oh, you have a much nicer car. Or like if you have like a like a like a fancy Mercedes sedan or something, it's like, oh, you have a much nicer car. And with that comes a nicer experience. Like, oh, it's probably smoother and the seats are nicer and there's all kinds of features that mine doesn't have. But like at the end of the day, we both purchase them in some way to be able to go somewhere. Right. Whereas like if I buy a car in the metaverse, it's like, all right, here's a picture of a car. I don't need clothing to stay warm in the metaverse. Like none of this stuff has like any actual functional value. All of the value is that kind of like BS artificial scarcity NFT stuff where it's like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, even if you pay too much for Balenciaga sneakers, they are still sneakers that you can wear and you do need right. to wear shoes. But it's like if you buy Balenciaga sneakers in the metaverse, like it's just it's just a picture of them on your avatar. Yeah. My bored ape is wearing Balenciaga. I guess that that's cool to the most terrible people <laughs> around if your bored ape avatar is wearing expensive sneakers. But like, I don't know. I, I don't care about that really at all. I don't know. I don't want to buy an avatar. I don't want to buy fake clothes. Like, I don't want to buy fake land. I don't want to spend a lot of money on anything that's, that's just fake. Yeah. Which I think is, I don't know, that just seems to be the hurdle where, like, I know that the NFT guys in their their little world, they're hyped up on this idea that, like, the digital world is the new thing. And we got to rush to, like, we got to buy up the, the digital real estate before anybody else so that, hey, in the future when they're expanding the metaverse, we've got this land. And it's like, okay, but that's not real land. There's no actual scarcity. Like, none of this stuff is real. Yeah. The main hurdle is that, like, absolutely 
there's zero chance that this stuff is ever going to be widespread adopted by everybody. Like so many normal people out there who like barely know how to use the internet as is like they're going to get in the metaverse. Well, that's a, I think the interesting thing about the pandemic is that I think a lot of us are really, everyone is sick of stuff like zoom. I think if anything, people crave real experiences and not virtual experiences right now. I forget what the magazine was, but s- some company had an article where the reporter was like, I attended a conference in the metaverse. Here's what it was like. And they like made their avatar. Th- so the graphics on it looked terrible. Like they looked like, you know, something from 20 years ago. They looked like Second Life or whatever. Yeah. Actually, probably worse than Second Life. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame. I, I think it's very difficult to. Again, the technology is not quite there yet. But I mean, in terms of like trying to make it an immersive experience, like, it yeah. doesn't look it doesn't look real. And then like part of it was like, oh, and you know, in making this stuff real, like, oh, when you go to a presentation, like, instead of just seeing the presentation on your screen, it's okay, my avatar is sitting in a seat. And so like I see the rest of the auditorium and I see the people's heads in front of me and stuff. All right, but like that's I don't know, that's not like the I really don't want an avatar of myself. Like I don't want to look at me. <laughs> So instead of seeing the presentation on my screen, I see it smaller on a little screen and I see people's heads blocking it. I'm like, like, yeah, technically this is more like what it would be in real life, but also this is not the good parts of real life. Yeah. It seems like they, they're able to mimic the bad parts, but not the good parts. If you had a concert in the metaverse and it's like, oh, we could simulate people standing in front of you so you can't see as well and them, <laughs> yeah. them, them talking so it sounds worse. I'm like, I get that those are parts of the real life experience, but those are like not the ideal parts. I mean, I don't know. Do I really want to walk from building A to building B digitally for a work thing? Like, eh, that's not fun. (laughs) I don't care. The parts of it that they can, that they have the technology for are the parts that I don't particularly think are good. So it just kind of ends up being like second life only instead of just going on there recreationally. Instead, it's like, oh, I have to go to a work meeting as my second life character. (laughs) I mean, people really did. That stuff was like Second Life was very popular for a while. So I I could see Did you ever see the Office episode where Dwight makes a Second Life character? I think it was just like a it was a cold open. It wasn't like a big I thing. don't remember. So there's a uh, there's a cold open to an episode in like I don't know which season. It's 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 maybe like 3 or 4 or something, I don't know, but Dwight has made a Second Life character and his Second Life character and like the the bit is that like hey, it's Second Life, you can do anything you want. But Dwight's like he makes an avatar that looks exactly like him. He makes his avatar work at his exact workplace. He he just recreates his entire life and he's like I love my life, so I just made a second one. The bit is like hey, with this unlimited potential, why would you just make your boring life again? Except that that's kind of the entire concept of what the metaverse is supposed to be. It's supposed to be you are Dwight Schrute and you look like Dwight Schrute and you go to your job at the paper company, but digitally. So that was like a throwaway gag on the office in like 2007. Now it's real. (laughs) Somehow, somehow this has become like the future. The future is that you are Dwight Schrute working at a paper company online essentially like that that is what it is we know we were kind of talking about this when we went on our friend christian's show the society show yes everybody listened to the society show uh yeah we did talk a little bit about the metaverse in uh we were talking specifically about a thing where a couple people got married in the metaverse and it was like very stupid Yeah. yeah but i know i think he was he was kind of talking about how it would be cool if you could kind of just walk around google earth basically yeah and and i do think that you know if if the technology ever gets to the point where it's like oh you can um virtually travel to the pyramids and like walk around and see them that would be great i would be very into that but yeah if it's uh if it's like oh you can go to work uh, no, thank you. My problem with the metaverse stuff is mainly how tied to commerce it all is and how quickly everyone was rushing to make NFTs the focal point. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't know if you could if you could walk around real places in the metaverse, that would be cool. The problem that is kind of just has always prevented me from thinking that this was going to be a good thing going forward or was going to be a big game changer is the idea that immediately all the NFT people jumped into it be like NFTs are a focal point of the metaverse. Because what that says to me is that like, instead of being able to go to the pyramids and walk around, Delta is going to sell me an NFT that's going to cost as much as a real plane ticket. And I'd say at that point, like, I'm just going to fucking go to the real place. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm not going to buy a plane ticket. I'm not going to like the appeal of putting a racing game in the PlayStation 
is that, hey, I can go, you know, drive fast cars around for a while. Like, you don't have to actually pay a real car's price to get a nice car. Whereas, like, I think they're going to try to sell you cars. I think they're going to try to sell you shoes. I think that all the stuff is going to be monetized in a way where it's like, okay, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to buy that stuff. Like, I'm not going to buy fake shoes. Like, I don't. No, I don't have money for real shoes. Yeah, yeah. At this point, it's like, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm too broke to buy this stuff in real life. I'm not buying the digital one. My main fear is just that it's so it's already so monetized and already if Zuckerberg's the front runner, he already has the idea in mind that the metaverse is for work. It is for business. It is for going to your job. I don't know. I'm not about that. I would love to be able to, you know, wander around. And I just feel like they're already going into like the metaverse technology isn't even there yet. And we already have figured out why it sucks. And it sucks because you have to go to your job in the metaverse. (laughs) Yes. People are rushing to buy land in the metaverse. And with that, well, you're going to have to pay rent to somebody in the metaverse. Like you're going to have Tom Nook's ass going to be walking (laughs) up, collecting a rent check. And he's not even going to be a raccoon. He's going to be like some nerdy NFT bro with with an ape avatar. We didn't even have that stage of tech where like, you know, like there's like the tech utopian thing and they have this high minded vision and then it's corrupted by commerce. But this kind of feels like it's been corrupted by money before it even got off the ground. I don't know. Does anybody want to go to a meet? We should be developing ways so that, I don't know. It just feels like we're approaching this with the idea that we need to make more busy work rather than fix the problem of there being too much busy work as is. Right. Cause like there's going to be guys whose job is doing spreadsheets, but digitally for a digital world. That's not real. Like there's going to be, spre- <laughs> there's going to be spreadsheet guys in the metaverse who are like tabulating property taxes on plots of land that are digital and held as NFTs by people with monkey avatars. Like that is the world that they're trying to build. And that is why I th- like, that's why I hate it already. I think that we're going to get that world before we get anything that's utopian or universal or fun in any way. Yeah. I'm going to be working in a digital sweatshop rendering Balenciaga shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're not going to be able to get those NFT shoes. You're going to have the crappy NFT shoes while you're making the, the <laughs> NFT shoes for the tech bros. That is the underbelly of this vision of the metaverse that they're currently selling. That's why I'm kind of skeptical about the stuff going into it. It's just that I just don't see. And I, and I see that it's used culturally is like already have they utilized the stuff to like bring a platform to any cool experimental artists that are working? No. We got the chain smokers. Like, I just feel like the only stuff culturally that's going to come out of this is like, oh, if you like the chain smokers, you can see the chain. It's like, okay, well, nobody really likes the chain smokers. Like, I, I would rather just stare at a wall for two hours than see a digital chain smokers <laughs> concert. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. I just don't care in the slightest. So, like, the, the idea that there's just like this like big budget, mass appeal, digital slop that will be culture. Like, I just don't care. And if that's currently what it is, if that's what the metaverse is going to enable. I just, I just don't care. I don't want to be a Luddite, but yeah, it's kind of making me a Luddite. If the metaverse actually happens the way that they're saying it, I'm, yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably toast. I'm probably just, I don't feel any desire to participate in most of this stuff. It's kind of interesting because like I, we were kind of talking, I I do have a a bunch of friends who work in tech and I, I feel like we were all kind of tech utopians at one point. And now I think most of us are quite. I don't know, disillusioned. Look, I mean, for the longest time, there did feel like there was some kind of promise. And then we really rounded a corner recently where, I don't know, it kind of feels a bit like the record industry where there was all this possibility and then very quickly any possibility shut down besides like two avenues. Mm -hmm. And to, to the point that like even people online who are like pretty, you would think pretty successful, pretty popular... They're doing the same like sponsored content with the same crappy brands as everybody else. Cause like if you're a quote unquote content creator, there's like two ways to make money and they're all very intrusive and annoying. Mm-hmm. Like all, all the avenues and all the possibilities seem to dry up. Like it's, it's very, it's very bleak now. Is there anything you can really do online besides have a Patreon or do the, the branded, like the influencer type? Like, no. <laughs> Which is a good time to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Raycon earbuds. Those, ear, <laughs> those, those earbuds that are so great, you've heard about them in every piece of media you've seen in the past five years. I have heard and skipped past probably a thousand Raycon ads. They pop up in podcasts. They pop up in YouTube videos. Uh, they pop up as pre-roll ads. for like they just, they, They're everywhere. But like that's the only thing you can do anymore. 
Like the only way that you can monetize anything online is putting an intrusive ad within the content. Like gone are the days where you make a 10 minute piece of art. It's like you have a 10 minute video and part of that is you selling Raycons that's embedded within the thing now. And I just feel like the, I don't know, the metaverse is just going to be that. It's just every aspect of your life is going to have a Raycon ad in it. You're going to go home to your wife in the metaverse and she's going to be like, <laughs> she's going to be like, hey, for 20% off Raycon, use Raycon.com slash wife. And you're going to use the wife promo code to get discounts on your Raycon. <laughs> And then you're going to, that, that, that's what the metaverse is going to be is that your, your relationship is going to have a Raycon promo code. <laughs> One of the, the worst, I've been listening to a few podcasts from the same company and they keep promoting, I don't know, like at somebody's interview with Dr. Fauci, I hate <laughs> keep hearing it. It's driving me insane. Constant ads for this interview with Dr. Fauci. And I don't ever want to hear about Dr. Fauci ever again. <laughs> I hate the idea that in order to monetize things, you have to like destroy it by putting an ad in it. I'm mean, not that I don't know if podcasts are art, but like, it, I don't know. There's something about it. I just don't like, I just don't like being advertised to the metaverse. I'm just envisioning, I guess like a Blade Runner esque future where just like there's ads on everything and there's just everything has like a billboard embedded on it. We watched, uh, we watched this short film uh, called hyper reality from Keichi Matsuda if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but um, somebody who makes like digital art short films, it kind of is like a dystopian vision of the future where there's like augmented reality, but it really is just kind of like a slightly hyped up metaverse idea, but like dystopian where like you go into a store, but there's stuff overlaid over everything. And like, you know, if you pick up a product, it senses that like a man has picked up this product that like switches the packaging to like manly product. And then if it's a woman, it switches over to like the other version. You can like send and receive calls that are like popping up and like messages are popping up. Like it's, it's intentionally jarring and disorienting and dystopian, but it very much is kind of like what it sounds like they want the metaverse to be where like you can be on a bus riding a bus and there's people around you but also like your text messages are there and like it's as much of your surrounding as the bus is mm -hmm. i originally found it because a lot of people were posting about it in like comments about metaverse related things yeah of like hey somebody made a short film that's basically this and it's not <laughs> it's and not it, a yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not really a positive portrayal but the idea of like, you know, everything all at once and like always being online in the real world as well and smart advertisements that'll change based on who you are, that'll be able to pop up like like very like the idea that like there would be a blank billboard and like based on your identity that you've checked, it'll show you a different ad than somebody else. Like that totally feels like a real thing that they will do. Oh, yes, totally. Just the same product with variable branding like that. That kind of stuff strikes me as very, very true to the tone of what the metaverse stuff is supposed to be. I'm going to get the billboard that's like, listen to my interview with Dr. Fauci. <laughs> On that tip, okay, so I, uh, yeah, so I guess we should talk about that uh, not quite really metaverse thing, but everybody's been talking about it, and it was kind of the thing that caused us to talk about this in the first place, but the Walmart shopping video thing. Oh, yeah, there was a, a video that... Is actually five years old. It's from uh, South by Southwest. When everyone goes to South by Southwest, they're like, yeah, Walmart, show us the video of the shopping app. Woo. <laughs> yeah. And it was like their idea of what, it's not actually the metaverse, but kind of, you know, their futuristic idea of like shopping online at a Walmart at a, as like a VR experience where there's a, a Walmart lady helping you pick out wine and uh, electronics. The graphic is like you have this cart in front of you and you like add stuff to your cart and like it actually puts models of those things in your cart. Yeah. And, it, you know, she at one point she's like, you have a gallon of your smart fridge told me you have a gallon of milk at home. Put that back. Yeah. So that, that's where I found out about the hyper reality film, because a lot of people were saying like, hey, this is somebody already made a film that's like this, which in a lot of ways it is because like the, the 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 assistant that pops up to talk to you is like what was in hyper reality. Yeah. The Walmart lady pops up and she's like, hey, I see you want a TV. Would you like to add one of these accessories? And you can like click on like, oh, yeah, add this bullshit and that I don't need. Also upcharge me. Magnum condoms. <laughs> I know you bought slims in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you put them in the car. It's like a big, a big X appears. It's like those are too big for you. Um but yeah, and then it's like, it's like you have to like put, when you don't want the milk, it's like you actually have to reach in the cart and like put the milk back. 
I guess they were demonstrating the possibility of like what shopping of the future could look like, but I have no idea what they were trying to go for on this thing. Shopping in the future is like just shopping at a Walmart in person. It's like shopping at Walmart, (laughs) but it's like very alien and nobody is around you. But the graphics aren't that great. It's very much like like in a video game, if you're warping somewhere, like all the walls like fall into the ground and then like new walls pop up and you're in a different location. That animation of them changing like happens anytime you go anywhere. I don't know what they were trying to prove, but it, it does not make me want to use that at all, ever. I hate that. Honestly, I just think that that companies that large have whole departments of people who are just grifting. Oh, yeah. Somebody in the comments to that, which I think this tweet got quoted in a lot of the articles about it, was basically saying that like... You can't go to investors and be like, well, online shopping is about as optimized as it can be, and we can't make it any better. Yeah. So you, ha- you have to constantly be like, hey, I got this new high-tech idea that's going to revolutionize things. Even if it's bullshit and it's never going to happen or it's terrible, you have to still pretend like you can improve it. Because once you have a streamlined store, like how much more can you really optimize shopping online? We've kind of hit the point where I don't really know if there's really anything you can do that's going to stream. I mean, like buying stuff online is a pretty streamlined process as is. They've kind of got it to its simplest form. I mean, not not always the best. And a lot of places have clunky interfaces and then mm-hmm. navigation could be better, blah, 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 blah. But like the essential logging on, seeing products, adding them to a cart that's not a real cart, but it's just a page and then buying them. It's a pretty simple process. And like the more stuff you add to it is just like the meeting thing where you're putting heads in front of you and making people talk in the background. Like It's all just distracting because I don't want to walk around with a cart and put stuff in my cart physically and take it out if I don't. The only reason I do that in real life is because that's necessary. Like mm-hmm. if you want to get from one place to another, you have to walk. And if you want something in your cart, you have to put it there. But if it's just a digital representation of that, there's absolutely no reason you would need that. Like You don't need a cart because also then like you're like, oh, this is, doesn't fit in the cart. Like all those problems you have they they don't happen digitally. There's no physical limitation to the cart size. You can just click over to a new tab. You don't have to walk to a different section. All that stuff is, yes, it does remind us of shopping in real life, but there's no reason for it to be there. And I absolutely do not want to do it online. Yeah. But yeah, I guess a lot of people were suggesting that this was the metaverse vision for like shopping at Walmart when it actually predates the Facebook metaverse idea. And it was like a Walmart's own thing that they dropped that premiere at South by Southwest 2017. Remember when South by Southwest was just like bands and stuff? <laughs> and then the, the tech guys took over and they're like, do you like shopping at Walmart digitally? <laughs> the other thing we kind of haven't talked about yet is how if you get sexually harassed in the metaverse, oh, yeah. you, get, you get sexually harassed in real life. So we had an article um, about being groped in... Uh, groped in the meta world. It was in Horizon Worlds, the like meta verse social media platform thing. Tanya Basu uh, wrote an article about it because I guess she was trying out like she was, you know, trying out this technology and some somebody like groped her avatar. The, the piece goes into like, you know, whose responsibility is it for keeping people safe and how much does that translate to real life? And like, you know, if we're making the metaverse part of life, then, you know, people sexually harassing you in the metaverse is a big deal and who's responsible for that and who you know which is a problem that i doesn't seem like it's got a real good answer for now because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of stuff in place like they claim that there is some stuff in place but it doesn't seem particularly intuitive no i mean i think that this stuff is so like they're so early in developing it that i don't think they've worked out that stuff so they were just kind of like oh we're trying to make blocking people very easy you had to see this coming. Like this was uh, this was something you should have been planning for from day one. To be honest, yeah. the the impulse anytime there's a gathering of people in a digital space, the impulse is how do I destroy this for everybody? How do I ruin their fun? <laughs> yeah. And like if the metaverse is a bigger thing, like if the Facebook thing is more than just developers and gamers, and it is a it is a thing where your 13 year old nephew is on, you know. If he's going on the metaverse, he's going to troll. Like, there's something where when you're online, you're like, oh, the consequences of my actions don't matter because that's kind of right. how we've been trained our whole life. The the fact that like online is becoming real life to the point that that stuff is more serious, it is kind of a weird thing to deal with because I think that like 
as we kind of move from the anonymous internet into our current iteration, I don't know, like you do have to watch what you say on the internet now because it is kind mm-hmm. of like, a, it is like tied to who you are and your your persona. The the old forum days, it was like the Wild West. And I guess like probably like 4chan and anonymous stuff still is. You know, people would say stuff there that they would not say in real life because it was, you know, totally anonymous. And now it's like, oh, I'm tweeting and I've got my name on my Twitter. So, you know, I have to, I have to be mindful that everything I say on there is going to be attached to my face and my name. Right. I think that there's still going to be that clash between like the people who are like, I'm going to go in the metaverse and troll and just fuck it up. I, I think that it's a weird intersection that I don't know how you deal with exactly. Yeah, like the problem of sexual harassment where it's like, I'm sure a lot of people are looking at the metaverse stuff like this is not real life. And other people are looking at it like this is real life and we're trying to make this real life. Yeah, I mean, and pe- 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 people get groped in real life all the time. They, Yeah, anyway, unfortunately so. they do, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if it is that these guys are like, oh, I'm online and I'm, I'm an anonymous or it's just like, oh, I love groping, <laughs> real or fake. I'm assuming that the person in the VR thing probably would be less likely to grope somebody in real life. Yeah. Just because like there are way more consequences for that. In the VR thing, it's like, what are the consequences? Somebody blocks you or you get banned or something. It doesn't, the, the consequences for it aren't as severe. And like, there's not a... I don't know. It it, do, it doesn't feel like it's as much of a thing. If they want to make this metaverse stuff ser- as serious as real life, they're going to have to figure out a way to make everyone take it as serious real, seriously as real life. Uh, which I don't. I don't know the answer for that. I don't, I don't know how you you know mitigate problems like this or because like they were like they were like oh there's a thing where it's like if you do a certain motion it's like you have a safety bubble and it's like I don't I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a way to solve this is just like to allow people to get a safety bubble if they do a hand motion like yeah it doesn't feel like a real so that feels like a kind of band-aid solution for this mm-hmm. yeah it really does because it, it, it made it sound like users were not aware of this feature or how to implement it because it doesn't it seem like they should make it so you can't grope someone instead of like you've made it so someone can grope you but then you put up a safety bubble and, or, and then you block the other user. Like, I don't, I don't know. But, but how do you make it so people can't, like, if you have a thing where everyone's free to move around and do whatever, and there has VR, to be a way to make it so that you can't touch someone's boobs virtually. There just has to be. Like, that, that area is off limits and you can't touch it. But projecting ahead for metaverse stuff, if you make it so you can't do that, even if both parties are willing, that's going to cut into metaverse functions. Okay, but it wouldn't be necessarily universal. It would just be like, okay, in Horizon Worlds, you can't touch someone's boobs. There would presumably be some kind of porn metaverse where you can. Why would I use Horizon Worlds if I couldn't <laughs> touch boobs? That was the point. Like, I that's, don't know. I don't uh, Maybe there needs to be just like a list of like these, <laughs> these users can touch my boobs. <laughs> no one else can. There needs to be a safe list. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, because I mean, part of it is like, I think that that kind of thing, like, was it Halo that people did like teabagging and like that kind of stuff? Even if you take away that functionality, they'll figure out a different one that's inappropriate. Yeah. You know, the, the gamer mindset is very good at adapting to that sort of thing. If you take groping away from them, they will come up with something else. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do any other metaverse stuff? Uh, I, I don't think so. I'm pretty tapped out. Honestly, this stuff just makes me feel like I have the, the inability to feel optimism about anything. So like any other metaverse news, anytime they announce anything, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is going to be bad. Or they're like, think of the possibilities. I'm just like, oh, this is going to get worse. Yeah. So everything only gets worse. The better you make business online, the worse it gets. The more appealing you make life online, the worse everything gets. Any new development of like, hey, we're optimistic that the that the metaverse is going to solve this problem or make it. The, uh, I don't know. I just got a sinking feeling in my stomach that everything's going to get worse. If I'm honest with myself, I have way less fun online than I did in like 2005. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. I couldn't watch streaming video back then because I was on dial up and like I like it was low tech and it, was it took just- like days to download an album. One time there was this there was this uh, kind of obscure skate video I really really wanted there was like no way to get it used VHS copies were super expensive the first Tomoda Army video from like 98 maybe I downloaded like a like a VHS quality rip I don't know like 240p something I had to leave the <laughs> I had to leave the dial up connection on for like 24 hours to download that file <laughs> yeah uh, so I don't know. I mean, so much as like, I, like it was sort of a more enjoyable time back then, even. 
Yeah. Every every advancement just makes things worse, it feels like. Even when it shouldn't. I have like a real trouble. I cannot pull out of a doomer mindset recently. I've just been like I've just been like full doomer lately. Yeah. And like none of this none of this tech stuff in any way helps me feel better because I'm just like, oh, this is just another way to make it so that I can't afford things that I need. <laughs> the world's probably over before the metaverse really happens, so it's probably not anything we gotta worry about. Yeah. Uh, any of your any of whatever podcast platform you use, uh, you can find us there. Subscribe, uh, leave us a five star review if you if you like what we do. We really, I cannot emphasize this enough. We have nothing else in our lives. <laughs> this podcast is like the only thing we have, and this podcast is like not anything. So, um, hey, if you if you if you like it, you know. Uh, you can help us out by doing that. Follow us on Twitter at Turn On Your Monitor. Your is spelled Y R. That has links to both of our personal accounts, where you can find our posts and our various things we do. Jess has an Etsy store. I got some band camps and chat books and stuff on my website. You can get to all of that through our Twitter account if you're curious. So until next time, there is still the opportunity to be the Bud Dwyer of the metaverse. <laughs>